Hello there, it's Chappie, your British butler. It's Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, episode 120. Almost that seems like it should be a dart score, but it's not. We have, we've got a long way to go until we get to 180. So uh, many moons to go until that uh, that arises. So it's a Sunday edition. I, I felt like I should put on my Sunday best, possibly a, a vicar's dog collar. Now, I, I do feel like a, a, a glass of sherry with the vicar today. I mean, it, almost like a confessional uh, where he can listen and... Uh, Yes, I know it's you, chappy. I know we're behind the behind the parapet, so to speak, in the confessional box. But I, I still know that it's you. That would be great uh, therapy for me, and maybe a small glass of sherry as well, because that's what they used to offer. That that's one of the things that I I look for when I ever seek a church. You know, and I'm a sort of high days and holidays sort of chap. Uh, many many respects, I would say. But uh, when I'm looking for a church, I do need a vicar who's a, who provides a small glass of dry sherry. Don't want it too sweet. Dry is perfectly fine for me. And uh, love love a glass of that. As you're talking to the vicar about uh, travails and things in your life that you may want to talk about. So, Sunday best today. Um, no top hat and tails. I think that's the only sort of tailgating I'm ever going to do is uh, the top hat and tails. I would like to, I, I don't even really know what tailgating is. I, I guess it's where you have a truck, you open the back of it, there's some sort of barbecue on there and food and snacks and a keg of beer or something, and then you're watching the, uh, the oval-shaped game uh, that isn't rugby, uh, American football. Uh, where they wear all the pads and everything like, you know, they don't, they don't get in a scrum and you don't get their bollocks tugged or anything like that. Uh, that's that's NFL. But that's what tailgating is. You're like drinking out of back of a truck. But I would like to turn up maybe in a top hat and tails to some good quality tailgating. Maybe ask if they have a gin and tonic or a Pims. I don't think they're going to be able to do that. But today I, I awoke with a, with a hunger. I hunger to do this podcast, obviously, and uh, keep you, the listener, involved in the uh, various odd aspects of my uh, my life and my existence. That are probably pretty dull, but you know what? Seinfeld did a whole show based around nothing, and I feel it's almost the essence of that podcast. Uh, except I'm not a stand-up comedian. Um, I'm a, uh, a humble British butler here to serve you. Uh, with audio delectation, basically. But I did find the restorative effects of a um, soft-boiled egg, as my daughters would say, dippy egg. Now, I have a few pieces of toast cut into salt. It's that sort of rectangular pieces of toast that can dip into the egg, and perfect six-minute egg, and uh, you cut the top off. And then, uh, you know, there's something sort of slightly, uh, slightly sort of, irrationally sexual about um you know dipping that rectangular soldier into the egg if it's perfect i mean if it's a hard-boiled egg that's basically um you know brewer's troop you don't want that going on uh if, if you've got a if it's suddenly if it's gone to eight minutes and you can't penetrate the yolk with that uh, soldier then uh yeah that's uh the boys go back into the barracks so to speak 
Um, but yeah, but today, I mean, it was like a Vesuvius of yolk. And, you know, so sort of unctuous and rich and delicious. A little bit of salt on there as well. Buttery toast. You know, firm English toasting bread, I think, is what you require. And the and the effects are marvellous. Somewhat, oh my gosh. I mean, if you need a, a sort of mental pickup, which, I mean, come on, we're first world problems, right? You know, downsized chappy towers, uh, sort of new life, new aspect living in smaller quarters around lots of people i mean it's uh it's a different sort of lifestyle you know for for somebody who's uh has the has a butler hermit about them so to speak um but yeah the restorative effects of the soft boiled egg i mean you need to put this i think when a when a therapist is sharpening their pencil and they're sitting there you know cross-legged in a sort of soup, maybe with the, uh, uh, you know, with the with the elbows that are leather clad, so to speak, and they're looking thoughtful, letting you letting you talk. Not that I've ever been to a therapist, but maybe that maybe that's what I. This is why I do the podcast, you see, because I can talk, uh, and you know, some of you listen, some of you may turn off, um, but you need to put the restorative effects of a soft boiled egg into the mental well being of, of of a person. You know, the, the delight of all the yolk over the thin soldiers. Absolutely fabulous people. Some of the things that we may or may not be talking about today. So we never got around to the silent barber. I promise you today I will reveal to you. Not that there's that much to reveal, to be honest, but the silent barber. So we have the silent barber. We have the mystery of Jack's ashes. Jack's Ashes, my dear departed uh, little uh, rat terrier. His ashes, the mystery of his ashes. We'll be talking about that. Denise Richards, her special new arse sculptor. Now I need, I feel I need an arse sculptor. I feel that I'm getting a dad bottom, a dad arse going on. So maybe I have to invest in Denise Richards' arse sculptor. I mean, it's not some sort of guy doing karate chops in her bottom. Or that may help, you know, never know. Uh, also, the snake and spider aquarium that I saw peering uh, beneath the blinds. I'm not a sort of peeping Tom, but I'm curious, you know, and I saw the blinds slightly ajar, and I saw an aquarium. We'll be talking about that. Um, isn't all body wash plant-based? Um, bigger people on bungees, the octopus pizza, US Open versus Wimbledon crowd, uh, talking of the US Open, Emma Raducano. I mean... What a fabulous, I mean, this is, I don't know what it is with young sportsmen. Sometimes on sportswomen, they, they sometimes, they, they don't have the nerves. They don't seem to have the nerves that some of the older veterans have. And she was fearless, powerful, fearless, eloquent. All the things that I yearn to be. But what a fantastic, uh, what an, you know, an amazing example for the, uh, for the tennis players, any sports person out there. I mean, she was absolutely, uh, absolutely tremendous. And uh, playing uh, playing Layla uh, Fernandez in the in the final, I mean, she was great as well. I mean, she did try to take over after the final a little bit with her speech. Um, that went on a little bit too long. I think if you lose, and you need to back up a little bit and let the winner take the glory, so to speak. 
but both of them fabulous tennis players. Very excited to see them in the future. Also on the show, possibly, no bees on wildflowers at 7.15. A bearded buffoon on a bike. Uh, Why does my dad wear black socks when he wears shorts? Uh, I mean, could we be near the apocalypse? I saw a sign of the possible apocalypse in the last few days. Um, Also the hardest thing to take out of the corgi's mouth. Songs bringing back vivid memories. Um, And then I did mention this the other day. I'm bringing up again. So for for all of you out there, sort of around my age, sort of Gen Xer, mid to end Gen Xer, for half of our life, or maybe even three quarters of our life, very few pictures were taken. So we have no particular memories, film pictures recorded of the first parts of our lives. And then, I don't know about you, the second part of our lives has been bombarded it's it's more if you know if you if you ever put together a time capsule and you decided to oh yeah i'll put in yeah first quarter second quarter of my life and then the second half of your life there'll be nothing to put in in the first you know other than maybe badly written essays or um notes from the teacher that type of thing um but the second half everything's recorded every day i think i'm taking some sort of picture video or something like that recording it's very very bizarre and i was thinking about that the other day on the last episode which was a, a dedication to my love i mean i've been a little bit of a brat recently a bit of an idiot a little selfish um and sometimes you have to get past the i mean sometimes you have to get past the sort of red haze of idiocy of putting your foot in your mouth basically your mouth engaging before you think uh, you know your ego being engaged before your empathy um, I mean that's sort of the situation going on with me um, I, I'm, a, I'm a good cuddly honest loyal fun teddy bear but you know sometimes uh, sometimes a little bit of the stuffing comes out or the uh, the plastic eye becomes loose and uh, and it's sort of red rag to a bull. And uh, that's basically what I've been uh, up to recently. But uh, sometimes it's realizing your mistakes, sometimes out of, as of the later date and taking accountability for it. But anyway, this is Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, episode 120. We do have a Trump or trombone today. Uh, we do have uh, lots of sort of nonsensical stories. The AILs will be making uh, some sort of appearance today. Um, they got it wrong this week, I think. They got it wrong with something that I saw this week where the artificial intelligent elves who try to sell me things got it very, very wrong. I'm not a teenage girl. The Silent Barber. At last, we have the Silent Barber tale. Which really isn't a tale, but there's not much to tell. But the lesson in life is when you go and get your hair cut, if you've had somebody who's cut your hair for quite a while, which I have, like for a couple of years, through the pandemic fabulous barber but a little bit closer to old chappy towers than uh, the new chappy towers and you get a little bit lazy you don't want to travel that much further to the old barber you, think, you know what i'm going to try something else so um yeah booking in everything was fairly swift on that side so no complaints there uh no waiting around as i arrived and you know, normally barbers 
hairdressers are very, very social, chit-chatty types. And I sort of quite like that. I mean, on occasion, you want to live in your own introspection, so to speak. But uh, I do like a chatty barber on most occasions because they, they, they are like a sort of cheap therapist. You can spill the beans. They're not going to judge you, but they don't really know you. And how interested are they? They're sort of listening, basically. So maybe you'd say like a silent barber is ideal, but they're just listening, not commenting. But I know I like a little bit of a chit chatting. Don't like somebody doing the sort of karaoke barbershop quartet type of thing. Not, not that. So anyway, she, she um, beckoned me to the chair. I mean, didn't even introduce herself or anything. Um, and then she uh, basically uh, put the robe around me and then started cutting my hair without any discussion. You know, she started getting the shavers down and then sort of doing the, you know, the short back and sides thing, but a little bit too short at the sides. And I said, oh, wait a minute. I normally have, you know, a number, uh, you know, basically a number one blended to a two or something along those lines. But she sort of grunted at me. You know, it was a grunting barber. And, um, you know, I thought she was listening, but wasn't paying too, too close attention. So anyway, she basically gave me almost like a monk's cut at the sides where it's so bloody short and so long on top. And she didn't tend to the curls at the back, you know, at the back. So I had sort of like dreads hanging down at the back over a monk cut at the sides. Not particularly a good look, not really a sort of auspicious type of look. And she didn't even she didn't talk. She didn't chat. She didn't suggest anything. Um, this barber shop did did claim that it would offer some sort of consultation. Uh, there was no cons- consultation unless I'm sort of meant to be like lip reading or mind reading or something. Because there was nothing else. There's nothing else going on. I mean, there's grunting. There was sort of gesturing. I mean, maybe she was had a sore throat. Or maybe she didn't talk. But uh, you know, I like my barbers uh, a little bit more boisterous. I like um, a little bit of gentle joshing, you know, maybe maybe some slight flirting's okay as well. Men or women, I you know, I don't don't discriminate when it comes to barbershop flirtation. But yeah, I, this is um, this is basically uh, having my hair cut by some sort of moot ogre um, who sort of plodded around, didn't look like she was enjoying her job. And I ended up looking like some ridiculous uh, butler stroke monk uh, with sort of dreads hanging down the back. So I'm not going to revisit the silent barber again. Never going to visit the silent barber again. I'm going to go back to the old barber and I'm going to basically get on my knees because I I have had a situation. You know, I, I don't swap barbers very often. But I have had a situation where I did have a barber who was a little bit over-friendly. Former military guy, wanted to know everything about my life. A little bit too much. A little bit too much sort of, uh, you know, I, I think he was over-flirting with me. I think he actually wanted to take me out for an Arnold Palmer. Yeah, now that's not a euphemism. That's an iced tea and lemonade, obviously. But uh, he got a little bit too friendly and I decided to basically uh, separate from that barber without telling him because I, I feel like he could get a bazooka out. 
he could get a uh, like a knuckle duster brass knuckle out and then I'd be in his basement and you know we'd never hear from me again but I happened to run into him one day I think it was in Walmart you know how have you been I'm fine I haven't seen you around for a while obviously indicating that yeah I hadn't been in his shop so you know you've got the silent barber and then you've got the jealous possessive barber Mm, take your pick though I did say that the AI elves have been a little bit mistaken of late and they they have been you know they they basically were trying to sell me some sort of acne cream to stop dark spots so i'm wondering though the acne cream that stops the dark spots does it you know can you put that under right under the nose where you can't get those little bits of hair as a man you can't shave them the razor's too bloody big um, you know, scissors are never sharp enough to remove them. I'm never going to do the wax because that'll bring tears to my eyes and make me squeal like a little girl. But could you rub that dark spot thing right under that, in that hair area, just to like lighten that up a little bit so they can't tell? I mean, that's something that I could use the dark spot acne uh, for, I think. I, I get very upset about that. I mean, my daughter said to me that I, I basically had turned uh, into some sort of tusky monster where I had, you know, no nasal hair flying out of my nose. I mean, this is this is the curse. This is the chagrin of a middle-aged man. I mean, there's many things. I mean, God, I mean, we, we're so lucky. How can I complain, you know, as a middle-aged man? But the whole nasal hair situation and hair in odd places, I would love something just to lighten that up so you can tell, like, Lighten the shadow, so to speak, so, they, so you couldn't see what was going on. That would be uh, marvellous, wondrous. But anyway, the NILs did get it right a second ago. As I, as I clicked, was scrolling, they decided uh, that um, basically they should sell me these Lou biscuits, these Lou cookies. Now, let me describe these to you. It's almost like these petit au calaire, these French biscuits or cookies. I don't know, is it Petit Hercule? Is that little school boy or something? I don't know. Anyway, it's rectangular cookies or biscuits. Uh, you know, so you've got your biscuit base and then you've got a whole rectangle of chocolate on top of it. Do you know what I'm talking about now? Oh my gosh. Now, how do you eat those? Do you like scrape that chocolate off with your teeth and tongue? Or do you just, you know, eat a piece of the biscuit with a little bit of the chocolate on it as well? I like the idea of scraping that off there. But you know what? They, I, I need to n- now go out and find Lou Biscuits. Because dipping that into a cup of this afternoon would be absolutely delicious. So the Petit Calais or Lou Biscuits with the, like the, you know, rect- everything's rectangular, including the chocolate, could be the way forward. I just need to find it. Where can I find these biscuits in America? I think they're trying to sell me thinking I'm in the UK. Now that's the biggest tease of all. It's like trying to tempt me with proper Cadbury's chocolate. I can't get it. So why are you selling it to me? Why am I seeing your Instagram feeds with Cadbury's chocolate? Why, I tell you, I tell you, why, why, why? A couple of weeks ago, my uh, dear rat terrier, poor Jack, uh, 15 years old or nearly, had to put him down, poor lad. I mean, he had seizures all his life with epilepsy, getting worse, getting uncontrollable, basically, poor guy. Um, so I had to do the deed. Well, it was Friday the 13th this happened. 
a few weeks ago, and I did a little tribute to Jack. He was producer Jack for a while. He used to sleep under the bedding and uh, grunt when I was, um, you know, doing a bad feature on a podcast, something along those lines. But um, anyway, I had to do the deed and, and, and get him cremated, and vet took him to get him cremated. But over the course of the next couple of weeks, Jack got lost. I mean, Jack made it to some crematorium somewhere and uh, he got lost, lost his ashes. Couldn't find the poor guy. Now, I mean, this is a guy who, and I think we've all met humans, dogs, creatures, creatures of the night, you know, whoever, who in our lives have just been a little bit of a pain in the ass. Sort of a little bit cheeky, a little naughty, uh, and this is Jack. Like, you'd let him outside, you know, do his business, and then he'd come in and decide to pee on the couch. That was Jack. He was an irritant. I loved him to death. He, he was, you know, a rescue dog. He'd gone to six homes. I mean, nobody wanted him. I took him in. But he, he could be a pain in the ass. And uh, basically, he was a pain in the ass in life, and, and, and then obviously in death too, because his ashes went missing. It was almost like a telephone. I was making so many calls. I was like smiling and dialing. It's back to my sales days. You know, when I used to sell but use butler's uniforms to the Japanese. You know, I, I basically was doing a telethon, smiling and dialing, calling around crematoriums. You know, have you, have you ever, have you ever, have you, have you ever had a Jack, Ch- Jack, Jack, Jack the butler, you know. Yeah, I, we couldn't find him anywhere. I couldn't find him anywhere. I was calling all sorts of crematori- crematoriums across most of uh, most of Colorado. I didn't know where he was, and uh, you know, he, uh, you know, trying to summon my patience, which is in short supply anyway. Trying to find the little bugger, but you know, I wanted the ashes back. I wanted some sort of closure. It's very distressing when you lose an animal. It's not just a dog. I know we talked about that beautiful poem before but I mean I, I was trying everything and, and, and you know there's a lot of sadly there's obviously a lot of Jack the dogs have been cremated recently so it's very confusing you know I was trying various last names my last name the vet's last name nothing so I mean I was about to pull out you know my curly locks my my phenomenal head of hair that I have even though I look like some sort of demented uh, butler stroke monk at the moment. And um, I finally, I finally uh, gave up calling crematoriums. It doesn't put one in a very good mood when you're calling a bunch of crematoriums. And I decided to talk to the vet again. And I said, I'm, I'm, I don't know what's going on here. I can't find Jack's ashes. They've gone missing. I mean, it was like Shergar, the racehorse, who went missing. You know, Jack had gone missing. And uh, finally, the vet called back very sheepishly and she said, oh, um, yeah, Jack's ashes are in my drop box. They've been in there for about a week. <sighs> Exasperated. I mean, Jack's basically up there in doggy heaven. Or he might be in purgatory, to be honest. They're probably trying to decide. But see, you know, he's sometimes a bit of a naughty chap. And he's giving me his middle finger. 
or he's raising the slightly elongated middle claw at his dear owner. So, dearly departed Charlie Watts of the Rolling Stones. Um, didn't really know much about Charlie, to be honest. Um, but uh, it's quite interesting because I've been reading a bit about him. Wanted to be uh, a jazz drummer most of his life. I mean, and then he took into sort of rock and roll, basically. But always wanted to be a jazz drummer. And you just look at pictures of him, you know, and the other Rolling Stones, Ronnie Wood, Keith Richards, Mick Jagger. Now, Charlie was always dressed impeccably, like an English gentleman. I mean, the rest of the of the Rolling Stones, lots of leather jackets, lots of ripped jeans, uh, not quite so elegant. But apparently Charlie Watts pulled off the fashion maxim to be truly elegant, one should not be noticed. And that's the whole thing, didn't know much about it, didn't really notice him. But he was wearing suits worn by a former king. Um, after the quietest of the Rolling Stones, Watts died last month, aged 80. He was known unmistakably for a serene charm, his classical sartorial style. But friends of the drummer have revealed that he sported Edward VIII's suits after buying a set of them for auctioneers and Sotheby's in Paris. Now, Edward VIII, David, as, uh, as his, you know, his, his true first name, and I think that Wallace Simpson actually called him David as well, he always dressed resplendently. Lots of pinks, lots of bright colours, especially when he was ambassador in the Bahamas. Um, and he dressed impeccably. But they talk, talk about what, so one of his friends tried the jackets on with him and they didn't fit, so Charlie bought Edward VIII's jackets. Pictured in 2002 with his bandmates, Watts wore a pink two-button suit that had been worn by Edward, the Queen's uncle, in a photograph of his wife, Wallace Simpson, in 1951. This is almost like, you know, 30 or 40 years later. In 1996, Watts was pictured in a dark check suit of Edwards, who became the Duke of Windsor after he abdicated in 1936. A spokesman for Watts confirmed the items are bought at auction. He loved a well-made Savile Rose suit. Don't we all? Um, and his inspiration was classic suits. The same for anybody growing up in the 40s, both kings and modernists from Wembley, which is where Watts was from. But um, the thing, though, so Charlie was basically wearing a 45-year-old suit uh, or jacket. I mean, how, the, the, the big question that comes to me is how did Charlie avoid the mothballs? And a duck shouted, you bloody fool, during a maiden ritual, Recording of mimicking birds stunned scientists. So you had a, a duck during a mating ritual shouting, you bloody fool. That's a rather randy Donald Duck right there. Um, if it walks like a duck and swears like a trooper, then it's probably an Australian musk duck. I wonder, I hope the musk doesn't smell like Old Spice. Scientists have added ducks to the small number of animals such as parrots that can learn to mimic humans. After uncovering recordings of a sweary, lusty duck who was hand-reared on a native reserve near Canberra named Ripper. <laughs> that sounds like, you know, Sunday with sort of bowel issues. Hopefully the duck didn't have it. That's a Ripper. Uh, the bird who lived more than 30 years was fond of repeating a phrase during his mating display that he learned from his keeper. You bloody fool. I mean, that can't have been a, uh, you know, a, a turn on for the mallard you got some male duck here saying to you know, saying to his betrothed or the um you know the the mallard he wants to bed on the on the riverbank or wherever the ducks mate 
So you bloody fool. I mean, that would be an immediate turnoff. That's sort of abuse. There's no whining or dining or chocolates or worms or, you know, little morsels that you'd expect, you know. You sort of want to whine and dine. The Lady Mallard Duck. You don't want to be saying, you bloody fool. Um, this is believed to be the first documented account of a duck mimicking human speech, apparently. The study published in the journal Philosophical Transactions of the Royal Society, two sets of recordings of musk ducks. The birds are also able to imitate the sound of a car door slamming and human speech like mumbles. Maybe got like a Boris Johnson type of duck there, or maybe a chappy duck. The study of Karel Ten Kate, a professor of animal behavior at the Leiden University in Netherlands, and Peter Fulliger from the CSIRO, the Australian Government Science Organization, said that Rapper was a male musk duck born in 1983. A fine 1983 vintage duck. In 1987, Fulliger and other researchers recorded the sounds made by Ripper and other ducks. They included the car door slamming, human-like mumbles, and you bloody fool. You almost expect, you bloody great galah. He whipped out these impersonations during a mating display. A, a rigorous romp of the mating display. You bloody fool. In 2000, the researchers also recorded ducks from another male mass duck raid in Tindambilla by a captive female. That sounds almost like uh, sadomasochistic duck behavior there. Levers and chains. You, you know, a male duck capped, held captive by a female. He could mimic the sounds of the Pacific black duck. Uh, made a similar sound to Ripper. While Bushfire destroyed many of the records of the Nature Reserve in 2003, Tenkate and Fulliger claimed the verified recordings which provide the first evidence of a vocal learning in the member of the, uh, in the, member of the duck family comprising geese and swans and ducks. The Australian musk duck demonstrates an unexpected and impressive ability for vocal learning. Carte said he was amazed that the first heard the recordings of the ducks mimicking the sounds around them. It would be, it is so unexpected a species from this group, which is considered quite primitive. I don't want to be going around calling ducks primitive. You kind of could upset them. They could call you a bloody foal. Uh, vocal learning is considered quite an advanced trait, and it would be present in any representative of these groups, and nobody could believe it. Okay, so praise silence as we, uh, as we hear the duck say, you bloody fool. So let, let, shh, oh God, listen, listen. So, new Tabby Towers, lots of uh, quite interesting, slightly odd people around. But the other day, I saw some blinds slightly ajar. And no, I'm not a nosy, you wouldn't call me Pinocchio, I don't have a long nose, but wouldn't be called Pinocchio. But uh, saw this huge aquarium, and uh, think, well, you know, people have aquariums now. Beautiful fish. It's very relaxing for the soul to have fish sort of uh, swimming and dibble dabbling around. Um, you know, quite uh, quite therapeutic. But what I saw next definitely wasn't therapeutic. On the table was some huge, what I think was a tarantula crawling across a table and then the young gentleman appeared from almost behind the arras 
And uh, it should become a feature from behind the arras. I think I'm going to make that into a feature of this podcast because there's a lot of like this sort of thing going on. And uh, gentle, non-disturbing, non-peeping Tom voyeurism. Probably on my heart. But the gentleman came from behind the arras and he had a python around his neck. So he not only had a tarantula running riot on his uh, little coffee table, he had a python around his neck. This seems like absolute insanity to me. Good day, trample trombone, you bloody fool. Okay, so trample trombone. Amazing pictures of a taxidermist out of this world collection shows the terrifying creatures in an eerie lifelike condition. Dutch preserver Jérôme has gone viral with gained 65,000 followers for his troubles, often posting snaps of cannibal fish with massive teeth and some unidentified alien-like horrors. I'm not trying to make the fish I preserve as lifelike as possible. I want the fish to look really monstrous. I also do not use glass eyes. I preserve the original eyes and try to keep as much of the original fish intact as possible. This is turning my stomach, I have to say. I have always preferred fish with big, nasty teeth. The scarier, indeed, the better. Um, so, that is when the fish hunted becomes the hunter. It's a, good bar- it's a case of goodbye, Mr. Chips, and the humans becoming the mushy peas. And a questionable scarecrow, Princess Diana, has been mocked by Reddit users for looking nothing like the royal. The site user posted a picture of the scarecrow, supposedly of uh, the people's princess, next to the picture of the deceased royal with a caption, My dad's village has an annual scarecrow festival. This is Princess Diana. The work of art sported a summer hat, sunglasses and a formal shirt and jacket, casually leaning against a ruby bench. However, Reddit fans were less impressed. One comment saying the stuffed figure looked more like Elton John, referring to the tiny dancer singer Elton. Are you sure this is an Elton John with a picture of Lady Di? Whomever created the scarecrow created the Wurzel Gummidge monstrosity. They must have been three candles to the wind. A keck of tea and a piece of crack, Aunt Sally. And a huge Bigfoot creature lifted a house trailer off its foundations, leaving its inhabitants frozen stiff of hollow, according to a professor investigating the mysterious beasts. Oh, come on, that's not Bigfoot, it's a hungover King Kong. And a woman dressed as a nun was pictured dancing with a skeleton beside a graveyard. A baffled passerby snapped the bizarre activity which appeared to involve models of a human and dog in skeleton form. The witness says they were not the only one outside the old Hull General Cemetery to the left to be left confused as other cars also slowed down to check they were not seeing things. Dressed in a cream nun's habit uh, and a coif headpiece, the woman looked joyfully dancing with a model human skeleton and was playing with a dog skeleton too. A startled witness who took snaps said uh, she literally stood by the cemetery at Springbank West opposite the turn at Himmer School and the nun was dancing with a skeleton. I mean, the nun was obviously, and had obviously, hit the blue nun fairly regularly. Uh, dem bones, dem bones, those tipsy bones. And a 189-year-old tortoise cannot see or smell, but his libido shows no sign of slowing down. Jonathan, the Seychelles giant tortoise, is believed to be the oldest land animal on Earth, having lived through two world wars, the Russian Revolution and 39 US presidents. He was even uh, mounted like a horse by King Edward VIII, but for his brief stint on the phone. 
black and white photos show Jonathan's early years in the remote island of St. Helena in the South Atlantic, which was, has been his home since 1882. A vet who knows the ancient tortoise best uh, says, despite him living to the best uh, years of his life, of nearly two centuries, Jonathan is as randy as ever. I hope he has some sort of eyesight left. You don't want to think of the poor tortoise, tortoise poking around near the turtle's head. And a UFO investigator claims he was first abducted by aliens who levitated and floated into his bedroom. He was just four years old and talked to him telepathically. James Bartley had been researching alien abductions ever since, and he said he was on a different occasion. Uh, he had been taken by extraterrestrials who had claws for hands. He went on to suggest the alien invasion had already begun and Earth is under control by more than one alien race. Well, look at the Trumps. But the first incident happened when uh, he was levitated whilst in his bedroom. <coughs> I mean, there are some people who need a little bit of uh, levitation in their bedroom. Can you start bottling it up, please? Thank you for joining me today on this uh, very uh, auspicious type of uh, pious Sunday edition of the podcast. I mean, occasionally we do them on a Sunday rather than uh, rather than the Saturday or fit two in Saturday and Sunday. We just try to get two in uh, over the weekend if we can. Um, but you can listen across all platforms. Like and subscribe where you can. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Pandora, uh, all of the above. Amazon Music as well has it. Um, but I, I did uh, I did hear the other day I was like hanging up a painting and as a painting brushed the wall I did hear the dulcet tones of myself chappy British butler keep calm and cauliflower cheese uh, so you can almost hear me anywhere um, but there is a little musical edition most weeks we do a musical edition of the, of the podcast uh, where you can uh, have my butler emporium little playlist and today we have such uh, delights as Ben Folds, The Who, Carly Simon, uh, also um, Shaka Khan. Uh, we have a little bit of Lily Allen. We have some Radiohead. We have some XTC. Uh, we have some The Turtles, some Michael Bubbles as well. So if you like a little bit of music with your uh, chappy chat, then, uh, then head over to Spotify to listen to that. Uh, but coming up next, we do have a rather delightful September poem. This is Wilfred Owen, Elegy in April and September. Hush, thrush, hush, miss and thrush, I listen. I heard the flush of footsteps through the loose leaves and a low whistle by the water's brim. Still daffodil, nay, hail me not so gaily, your gay gold lily daunts me and deceives. Who follows gleams more golden and more slim. Look, brook, O oh run, O oh look, O oh run, the vain reeds shook. Yet search till grey sea haves, and then I will stray among those fields for him. Gaze, daisy, stare through the haze and glare, and mark the hazardous stars, all dawns and eves, for my eyes wither, and the star wanes dim. Close rose droop, heliotrope, and shudder hope, the shattering winter blows, drop heliotrope and close rose. Morn, corn, and sigh, rye. Men garner you, but youth's head lies forlorn. Sigh, rye, and morn, corn. Brood, wood, moose, use. The way gods use have not understood. Muse, use, and brood, wood. 
Thank you so much for listening to the podcast this week. I will be back again on Friday if there's no uh, bone in my leg or anything interfering with me getting to this uh, lovely microphone that I have here. Until then, it's Chappie out. Cheerio.